Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're joining us for worship this, uh, this fun, snowy morning. Um, maybe you're watching much later than usual because you've been out snow, uh, shoveling snow or something. I don't know. But we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. Do you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Thank you, God. <laughs> right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. What beautiful prayers that we have the privilege to sing to you today, God. To be reminded of the truth of the world that we live in. That in spite of all the other things going on in our lives, all the things that, that rock our boats, that, that toss us to and fro, all the things that, uh, that set us back and frustrate us or make us afraid, God, you are on your throne. You are God alone. And you, the God of the universe, the God who rules and reigns over all things, have loved us so much that you came to us in your son, Jesus Christ, to demonstrate that love in, in tangible ways, to make sure we could not miss the reality that we live in, that we are people made by God and loved by God. Help us, God, because you know that so often as we make our way through this life, that is, it is easy for us to forget. We think it all rides on us. And if we don't see a way forward, we feel like there is no way forward. So God, please, would you help us today? Whatever we might be going through. And you know, God, that in our church family and the folks that might be watching this today, uh, we've got all sorts of things going on, all sorts of trials and difficulties, uh, right alongside all the, the good things and the joys. God, whatever we are going through today, would you remind us of your presence with us, of your great power that's at work in our lives by your Holy Spirit. Help us, God, to have that confidence that comes from knowing that the God of the universe loves us and is with us and calls us into a life of, of love. Loving you with all that we are and loving the people around us as we love ourselves. Thank you, God. Thank you for your amazing love. Thank you for your grace and mercy that forgives our sins and washes us clean. You do search us, Lord, as we sang earlier. You shine that light into our lives and when there is something there that is not pleasing to you, when there's something in our lives that you see that, that isn't good, that's keeping us from the life you created us for, you point it out to us, God, so that we can confess, so we can agree with you that, yeah, ooh, yeah, that shouldn't be there, God. That attitude, mm. that behavior, oh, you're right, God, I need to change that. We admit it to you. We turn from it. We turn to you for the help to live, to think, to, to act toward others, to, to be different in the world. And you forgive us. And you give us the power of your Holy Spirit to enable us to live a new life. Thank you, God. Thank you. Help us to live in this world as people loved by you, forgiven by you, changed by you. We give you thanks, God, for your continued work in us and through us, we thank you because it all comes from you. We offer you this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you.
Thank you. Uh, <laughs> these are the folks I can hear saying it back. I know some of you are. Some of you even type it into the chat, into the comments. Uh, I appreciate that, although I don't have it pulled up in front of me to see it. I see it later, and I appreciate that you're passing that piece back to me this morning. Uh, I'm so looking forward to us being able to be in the room together again uh, so that I can actually hear you respond and see you respond. And, and actually, we're going to have that chance starting this next week. I should probably get up here. Uh, we're going to have that chance starting this next Sunday. Um, as February begins, if you would like to be with us, you may. Uh, the doors will be open. We will be ready for you here. Um, we'll have the, the heat turned all the way up instead of just part of the way like we do for us on, on Sundays right now. Um, but uh, we'll have the communion elements out and ready for you. Um, the whole deal. Now, just like before, this past year when we opened up during the summer, we're not, it's not going to be like we love it. It's not going to be, we're not going to have all the coffee and the snacks and all that stuff. We're still going to have to wear masks and keep our distance from each other. Uh, but you can be in the room if you'd like to be. And I know from talking to some of you, you are just dying to be back in the room. So uh, I am very much looking forward to that as well. Uh, it's a much more fun experience for me to, <laughs> to lead a service on a Sunday when uh, you are with us. So, and I think, uh, I think all the folks who have led music for us agree that that's a little more fun too, when there are people actually singing in the room <laughs> and not just uh, hoping that people can hear you and can sing along. All right, um, a couple of brief announcements real quick. Um, if you would like to connect with us, we would like to connect with you. You can go to livinghope.info slash connect and fill out that little online connect card. Uh, let us know how to pray for you or how to thank God with you, uh, or just let us know you were here and that you uh, enjoyed the service or didn't enjoy the service, or whatever it might be. Give us feedback, and uh, we would love to hear that. Uh, let us know if you plan to be with us next Sunday. Um, that would be great to have some idea. We, we're guessing that we kind of have a handle on how many folks might show up, but we don't really know. So um, let us know if you plan to be with us next Sunday. And um, that's another thing you can do there on that Connect card. Uh, thank you for those of you who continue to give faithfully. Uh, livinghope.info slash give is a chance to do that online. Takes you right to that giving page where you can give with a credit card or debit card or checking account or whatever. And uh, several of you have done like we do. We just set ours up automatically to happen every month. And uh, that's a good thing for us because our income doesn't fluctuate. And so we can know that we're giving consistently to support the work uh, here and around the world. And um, so if you'd like to do that, uh, please. Uh, Go right ahead. And um, we're continuing this uh, little prayer experiment that we've been doing, this daily prayer experiment. Um, I was going to say what time, but we, we, we were trying to do it at 7.30, and then we thought, well, you know what, most people aren't watching it at the same time anyway. And so it's just, it comes out in the morning. You can watch it whenever you want. Um, and uh, it's just a brief 10-ish minute uh, reflection on some scriptures and some prayer together. If you'd like to join us, um, there's a, the, a page on our website that gives, uh, gives the updates uh, each week to know when you can connect with us. Um, and then we've got something special today. It's been a while since, uh, at least a couple years, I think, since we've had Josh Folkerts from Team World Vision to talk with us about the difference that you could make, if you would like to, uh, by joining him to run the Chicago Marathon this year. And he's not here in the room with us, but we've got a video that hopefully will work right now. Let's see. Hello, Duneland and Living Hope families. My name is Josh Volkerts, and it is so good to be with you all today. All right, so I'm going to start with a simple question. Over the last year of living through COVID, how many of you tried something totally new to you? Raise your hand. Maybe you baked some sourdough bread, did some DIY projects in your house, bought some weights for your home gym. Today, I want to invite you into one more thing that might be completely new for you, and that is to run or walk the 2021 Chicago Marathon for clean water projects all over the world. 
And look, I know just by saying words like run or marathon in the same sentence, most of you have stopped listening to me and are thinking about going to get some food or checking in on your kids. Do not do it. Stay with me because that is exactly how I and thousands of others felt when we first heard this ask. But we signed up and have had our lives absolutely transformed. And I still remember when I signed up for my first Chicago Marathon. I just moved into the city and I did not know anyone except my roommate. I was a serious introvert and for months I felt like I just did not belong here. I was desperate for community, but I hated running. And I'm sure that sentence right there describes most of you too. Desperate for community, but not a big fan of running. But one day I finally gave in and what I experienced blew my mind and I knew I would do it for the rest of my life. I found a place and a purpose like I had never known before, and I needed it even more than I could have known. This is your opportunity, your opportunity to get healthy, to be with people in community, and to help bring beautiful, clean water to kids all around the world. Now, I know you'd all raise your hands and say that you love that cause, but you are still worried about training for an actual marathon, and that is completely okay. Two things I want to tell you. One, 80% of people that join us have never even done a 5K before. That's right, 80% of our team had never done a 5K before taking on the marathon. And two, we have a plan that will literally take you from the couch, never running a day in your life, to the finish line of your first marathon. I could tell you about Henry, who was 86 years old when he ran his first, or Ron, who lost 200 pounds through Team World Vision. This plan has worked for tens of thousands of people, and it can work for you too. Now, I know many of you are thinking, is the Chicago Marathon even going to happen this year? And I truly believe that it will, and it's going to be an unbelievably special event. But here's the cool part. The marathon didn't happen last year either, and we put on our own epic race series with sites all over Illinois and Indiana, and people absolutely loved it. I actually had people coming up to me and asking, can we just do this every year? Do we have to go back to Chicago? So what I can 100% promise you is that you will be a part of a life-changing event one way or the other. So here's how it's going to work. I want all of you right now, pull out your phone. You're going to text Chicago to 44888. Chicago to 44888. We're going to send you a link to join us for an info session immediately following the service. Now, texting in does not mean you are 100% signing up. It just gives you the opportunity to find out more. And the last thing that I wanna to say to you is I'm sure right now you have two voices in your head. One is screaming at you saying, do not even think about texting that number. That guy is absolutely crazy. This is not for you. But then there's probably a quieter voice saying you could do this. You could find your place and your purpose with this team. Listen to that soft voice just long enough to text Chicago to 44888 and I hope to see you on the team. I do encourage you to, uh, to listen to that voice, to, um, to text that. I just did. I just texted it to him. I'm not committed to running it this fall, but I just texted Chicago to that number, and then it asks you, like, hey, can we get your email address? Hey, can we get your name? And, and whether you do that or not, the very first response you get has a link to this 1130 uh, Zoom info session that will happen this morning, uh, later this morning. So uh, hopefully you're watching this in time to, uh, to participate in that. If not, still go ahead and text it, and uh, Josh or someone else from Team World Vision would be happy to, to answer your questions about uh, participating in the marathon with Team World Vision. Uh, this is something Stacy and I did back in 2015. I think it was, and um, is that right? I think so, because I think 27, I think 2015, 16, 17 are the years that I ran it. I see Katie back there, like, thinking hard, but um, 
Uh, and I know several of that around it before, but uh, I know several of you participate in the 6K for water that we do uh, in, this, in the spring, summer. It'll be May 22nd, I think, this year. We'll make sure and get that date to you when we get closer to that. And that's also to raise money for clean water. Um, and that's a beautiful thing, um, but I've got to say, you have a much larger impact. Uh, you have a lot more of your friends willing to give to support you running a marathon than running or walking a 6K. Um, I think... Stacy raised like $1,000. I, I didn't quite, she blew me out of the water. I, I think I raised, I raised several hundred dollars for clean water last year with the 6K. Uh, but the last year I ran the marathon with Team World Vision, uh, it surprised me, but I raised almost 10,000. Actually, I think I crossed the $10,000 mark uh, in money for clean water. And so if you wanna make a huge impact on, on the clean water issue and change a, a number of lives, uh, and if this is something that's even remotely on your radar screen, if you've got that still small voice, that little voice that he mentioned saying, eh, maybe I should look into this, maybe I should uh, ask about this, go ahead, text the word Chicago to 44888. All right, I'll, I'll quit uh, bugging you about that. All right, <clears throat> this morning we are wrapping up this little Life Reimagined series, this January message series, uh, where in my head I've just been thinking about how every year, um, you know, we want to we want to look ahead at the year and think, okay, God, what do you want to do in my life, or what might you want to do through me this year? What are the ways you want me to grow? What are the ways you want me to, to to develop? What are some of the things? You know, most of us, New Year comes around and we think, okay, there's some things I want to change. You know, there's some things I want to leave behind. There's some things I want to pick up. There's some growth I want to see in my life, and uh, I'm encouraging you to let God shape your imagination, right? To let God. Um, enlighten the eyes of your heart, you know, as, as how the scripture puts it. Uh, in fact, Ephesians chapter 1 is one of those verses, uh, verses 17 to 19, is one of those that I've, been, uh, I've shared a few times this month, where the apostle Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Some of us have just, we just, like, we've, <laughs> we have a hard time imagining life being anything better or anything different. Now, this has been a challenging time for all of us, right? I mean, a year ago, I had no idea we were going to be living like we are right now. Um, I, once the mask thing started happening and COVID hit uh, and we had to start shutting down services uh, in March um, for people being here in person, I never would have imagined that uh, by the time 2021 hit that we still would be doing these kinds of things. And so I know for some of us, we we're like, oh, I just have a hard time imagining anything going forward. I have this, this uh, dim hope that someday things might return to something like normal, but I have a hard time making any kind of plans or any kind of, you know, what am I going to do or what am I going to, you know, how are things going to be going forward? Because all of our plans just got, you know, chucked out the window this last year. But at the very least, I believe that this coming year, God wants you to know him better. And I think he can inspire our imaginations, that he can uh, enlighten the eyes of our hearts. So that we can, as that verse just said, know the hope that he has called us to. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. In other words, like all he has for us as part of his people, what he wants to give us. 
and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Sometimes we can get into this kind of defeatist mindset because we've tried and failed, we've tried and failed, and we think, ah, oh, I'm just not even going to try that again. I, I've tried dropping that habit, or I've tried picking up that habit, or I've tried, you know, obeying Jesus and what he says here or there, but you know what, I just, I don't do it that well, and uh, it was a roaring failure that time over there, and so I'm just... I'm just going to kind of coast through the rest of this. I'm, I'm going to, you know, show up for services maybe. Uh, I believe that God loves me. I'm just going to thank him that he's gracious and forgiving, and, and I'm just going to kind of try to make it to heaven someday if I, if I can. Uh, well, listen, God, I think God wants to give you some, some higher aspirations than that. I think God wants to um, um, supercharge your imagination, perhaps. He has got power available for you. Uh, the verses following that I don't have to put on the screen talk about how this is the same power that God used when he raised Christ from the dead, right? I mean, this is something that doesn't happen, right? Um, people weren't expecting that to happen. God can do the unexpected. He has power that is available for you to do something unexpected, something good in your life um, and through you to make a difference in the world. Who knows? Maybe you'll be running a marathon. I don't know what that's going to look like, all right? Uh, all right, we've got, uh, I think, like three different passages that are given to us today to reflect on. And as I was reading them, we're not going to dig deep into any of them, but as, as I was reading them, I just couldn't help but hear echoes of this whole, like, oh, what might God want to do through us this year? Oh, might he want to do something like that? Oh, might he want to do something like that? Uh, the first one is a story about Jesus and his disciples in Mark chapter 1, starting with verse 21. It says, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Or in another translation that I was reading this past week, instead of the word news, it said fame. Like his fame spread throughout all of, uh, of Galilee. People started hearing about this Jesus fellow who shows up and when he teaches, he speaks as someone who knows what he's talking about. He has authority to interpret the scriptures uh, because he, you know, is the author and he, he knows the author intimately. And so he can say, well, here's what God wants for you. Here's what he means by what he has said. And he demonstrates that authority by commanding this impure spirit to leave this person that it had been tormenting. Um, now, we don't have a lot of history on that, but I thought it was interesting and, and something that gave me pause as I was reflecting on this was, okay, this was a man in their synagogue who was being tormented by this impure spirit. I mean, this wasn't some random person out there on the street. And, uh, and we see this happen with Jesus and with his disciples from time to time. They encounter someone who's got like a demon, an impure spirit, an unclean spirit, all the different words that are used for these things that torment people and uh, these spiritual forces that are at work in people's lives to, uh, to torment them, to keep them from, um, from being uh, whole and healthy human beings. And, um, and Jesus consistently has authority over them. I mean, Jesus shows that he is in charge. You know, they lived in a, in a world soaked with the supernatural. 
I know today we, we don't tend to see the supernatural so much uh, when we look at problems. We think, oh, they've got this kind of issue, or oh, that's, that's, a, that's just a bad habit they can't shake, or, or whatever it might be. But uh, in Jesus' day, they saw the world around them as, as just saturated with supernatural forces, angels, demons, spirits at work. And Jesus shows that he is in charge of all of that, that he is, in fact, King of kings, Lord of lords, uh, that there is no power, there is nothing that could enter your life that Jesus can't, uh, can't command to leave if need be, that Jesus isn't, uh, doesn't have authority over. And so here's this person that's in the synagogue, and he's been tormented. He's got a major issue. And I thought, well, that's, at first I kind of thought, well, that's kind of weird that he's there in the synagogue. But then I realized, well, no, that's, I mean, that's a lot like today. I mean, I'm sure that in that day when, when followers of God, uh, when the Jewish people gathered on the Sabbath to worship, to hear the scriptures read, to pray, you know, their lives weren't perfect any more than our lives are perfect. You know, when, when people do come into the room that we worship in, you know, when I'm able to look out there and see and, and see who's gathered, um, I mean, I know some of your stories. I know some of the struggles that you face, some of those things that, that cling to you, some of those things that, uh, that torment you, you know. And, and then there are a whole lot of things that I don't know because you haven't opened up about them. But, uh, but it's not a strange thing for people facing issues to show up at a church, to show up looking for help. Well, this has happened. In Jesus' story, someone is, is showing up for help, and Jesus helps. Jesus sets them free. I'm kind of curious. What, is there something in your life today that you need God to do for you, that something he, you need him to set you free from? Um, if you want somebody to pray with you, you can reach out to us and let us know. You can fill out that little online connect card at livinghope.info slash connect. You can put something in the comments if you're willing to. Uh, if you could just say like, hey, can you please give me a call or please pray for me or something like that. And we'll get in touch with you. We will pray for you. We will invite God to be in charge in your life and to help you with whatever this is that has been tormenting you so that you can be free. So that you can live with the freedom that, uh, that Jesus wants for you. Now, Another interesting aspect of this story is that uh, later in the story, Jesus takes his disciples and he authorizes them. He sends them out and he gives them authority over unclean spirits and, and, and invites them to go and proclaim the good news he's been proclaiming to teach people uh, of God's love that's being demonstrated in Jesus Christ. And they go out and they do. They come back and sure enough, they have been able, because of Jesus' authority at work in them, They've prayed for people, and people have been set free. They prayed for people, and people were healed. They proclaimed the good news of, of the kingdom, and people listened. Today, as Jesus' disciples, he gives us his authority, and he sends us into the world to continue his work. All right? Now, if the supernatural part of it is weirding you out, just you know, think in terms of problems, think in terms of issues that people face, and that you have been authorized by God to go out and help people address those issues. Not by anything that you bring to the table necessarily, but by the power of God at work in your life. That as you pray for someone, it's not because you pray with the right words or you shout extra loud or you hit them on the back just right when you pray for them. None of that stuff, all right? It's simply Jesus Christ is in charge and he invites us, he sends us out so that God can work through us to bless people around us, to, to set people free. He gives us his authority. He has deputized you to go on his behalf. And he promises to go with you. I mean, that's why he gives us his Holy Spirit, that, that power that's at work within us. So 
So I find myself asking, as I, after I read this passage, what is it that God might want to do in my life, that God might want to do through me to, to bless others, to, to help the people around me? What might God want me to do? What active steps might God want me to take? What are those moments? Is it just that he wants me to be ready, you know, so that if he taps me on the shoulder and says, pray for that person, I'll be ready to pray for that person? Does he just want me to be open and willing to be used by him? Maybe. Or maybe you already know something. You know, we've been talking about how God, uh, how Jesus calls his disciples uh, in the past weeks as we've been looking at this story. And uh, maybe he's already been tapping you on the shoulder about something. Maybe there's some big thing that God wants you to do and you've just been resistant. and You've thought, I don't think I can do that. I don't have the strength in me to do that. I don't have what I need to do that. And maybe today the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and saying, you do have what you need because I'm with you. Because my power is going to be at work in you. Because you are one of mine. And Jesus has authorized you to go and to do what he calls you to do. What is it he might want to do through you this week, this year, as you trust him and as you're obedient to him? All right, another passage given to us is from uh, Deuteronomy. This is going back to the Old Testament. Uh, This is... uh, In the story of Scripture, God has used Moses to rescue the people of Israel uh, from slavery in Egypt. Another great example of how God works through people uh, because God tapped Moses on the shoulder and Moses resisted, but eventually God persuaded him and told him he would be with him. And so Moses went. And sure enough, God frees his people from slavery in Egypt, leads them to uh, the mountain of God in the wilderness where he gives them his law and he gives them his commands and he begins to shape them as a people and they begin to worship him there in the wilderness and they make their way toward the the land he has promised. And here in Deuteronomy, they're right on the verge of entering that land and they're going back and reviewing, okay, what is it that God has done? What is it that God has said? And then in this passage from Deuteronomy chapter 18, starting with verse 15, they're kind of looking back They're looking ahead at what something God is going to do because of something that's happened in their past. It says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. This is Moses speaking. So a prophet like Moses, someone who speaks on God's behalf. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb, or Sinai, that mountain of God, on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Um, hmm, Which is pretty severe there at the end, uh, but which I am thankful for, that God does not want people speaking in his name stuff that he didn't really say. Uh, I got to tell you, I get pretty skeptical when I uh, get past a video on YouTube or Facebook, somebody saying, you know, hey, listen to what this person has to say. I think God really spoke to them, and and they're claiming God spoke to me and gave me this vision of who's going to win an election or something else is going to happen in the world, and I think, did God really speak to them about that? Or is that just something they really want to see happen and they think God spoke to them about that? And I, I'm deeply skeptical of those kinds of things, all right, those kinds of claims. But what's happening here is God is saying, no, I will continue to speak to my people. Even when they are afraid to speak to me directly or to hear from me directly as they were at the mountain of God, uh, they kind of push Moses up and like, no, no, you go talk to God. We don't want to talk to God. and We're going to die if we have to face God. And so Moses goes and he comes back and speaks on God's behalf to the people. And God says, I'm going to continue to do this. 
I will raise up a prophet like you, Moses. Now, the person who most perfectly uh, fits that bill, of course, is Jesus, who God speaks through, and Jesus perfectly obeys and says everything that, that his heavenly Father wants him to say. And he does have a, a prophetic uh, role to his ministry. Of course, he's much more than a prophet, but he certainly was at least that. But again, Jesus says to us, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And he gives his disciples the authority to go and to proclaim the good news that he has been speaking, that he's been pr- proclaiming. And so now I'm thinking, okay, is there something God wants me to say? You know, before I was talking about, okay, what, is, what does God want to do through me? Is there something God wants to say through me to someone else? Is there some word of encouragement that God wants to get to someone and so he's going to use me to, to speak to them? Because maybe that person isn't looking to God, isn't listening to God, or because maybe the stuff in their life is, is so severe that they just can't bring themselves to kind of connect with God. They're trying, but, but oh, they're just beat down by stuff, and they need a person with lips who can pick up a phone or can send a text, who can, who can you know, FaceTime or Zoom with them or something, and to encourage them. Is there someone that God wants to speak through, speak, to speak to through you? Maybe today. Maybe as soon as you, maybe you're going to pause this right now because you know, <laughs> you know already like, oh man, God's been telling me to reach out to this person. And uh, I just did that this last week. I was on this Zoom thing with some folks from church and they asked about somebody and I realized like, oh man, I haven't reached out to them in the last couple of days. And so while I'm talking to them, I'm texting this person saying like, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? And I uh, actually did that with a couple of different people during that, during that call because I didn't want to put it off again and forget again. Is there somebody that you're already aware of in your life that you think, you know what, maybe God has put me in their life so that I can, so that he can speak words of encouragement through me. Or sometimes it's a word of challenge. Sometimes it's a word of hope. Sometimes it's just reminding them of something they already know. Sometimes you're helping them to see themselves as valuable and loved by God because life has been telling them they're not. Maybe they've just had a major setback and they need you to remind them that you care and that God cares and that God is with them and is not going to give up on them. Sometimes even just telling someone you're praying for them is enough of a boost to remind them, like, you know what, there are people who care about me, and you know what, if they care about me, maybe God cares about me, and it helps them to continue to hold on to hope. What is it that God might want to say through you today, this week, this year? All right, one other passage, and we're really not going to dive deep into this one. It's from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, He's been dealing with all kinds of issues in this letter. Uh, These are Christians that he knows, and they've written to him, it sounds like, and they're facing all kinds of questions. So he's trying to address some of those questions. And one of them, he says in verse uh, verse 1 of chapter 8, he says, Now about food sacrifice to idols. Apparently they've asked him about this, because they're in Corinth. Uh, If you're going to go buy meat... Uh, if the, if whether you're going to the market or you're sending the person from Instacart, they're picking up meat that has been sacrificed to an idol, uh, a pagan god there in Corinth, one of the Greco-Roman gods. That's just this is the way the meat market worked, you know. Like they had kind of a corner on of that on that because they needed sacrifices, and so then. Or, or I've heard other versions of it like, well, that meat at least was cheaper. You know, like you could buy meat that hadn't been sacrificed to the other gods, but it was a lot more expensive. And so people who couldn't afford that, they had to buy. If they were going to have meat, they had to buy it from, you know, kind of the, oh, this has already been sacrificed to that god or that god over there. And, and now it's showing up in the market. And so there were some Christians that were like, are we allowed to eat that? You know, because that's been sacrificed. Are we participating in something we shouldn't participate in with that? So this is now about food sacrificed to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge. But knowledge puffs up while love builds up. So there are some things that we know 
And then there are some things that we decide to do because of love. And I'm going to skip a whole bunch of verses. Sorry, Katie. Uh, if you can find the ones down there where it says, be careful, however, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to jump to that. It's verse 9. Um, so he spent some time talking about this food sacrifice to idols and saying, look, look, we know that an idol isn't anything. We know that there's just, there's no God but one, and there's only the one God. And so, you know, these gods, so-called gods that this food sacrifice to, that's not really anything. And so we know that. And so if you need to go and, and get that meat there, or you want to go and eat that meat, um, no big deal, you know. But then he says in verse 9, be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, you know, eating that meat, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. Saying this person doesn't, their conscience is weak. They feel like, well, if I'm doing that, I'm, I'm kind of honoring these other gods. But, but, you know, there's Rich over there and he's eating that meat. So I guess, I guess that's okay. And so they go against their conscience. And he says that destroys them, that wounds them. So, so this, oh, so it's destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. Now, it might be that there's, as I was reading this, reflecting on it and thinking, okay, what might God want to do in my life? What, God might, what might God want to say through me? Uh, I was thinking, oh, maybe there's some things God wants us to know. Maybe, you know, knowledge isn't a bad thing. I mean, he obviously, the Apostle Paul is like, you know, we know, we know how this works. We know who God is. And, and uh, we know those other idols and gods aren't, aren't anything, which is a good thing to know, right? Because then you're not worried about them doing something to you or, or you're not worried about upsetting them or something because you know, well, there's just one God and I'm following him. And it might be, as we said at the very beginning of the service, it might be that what God wants to do in your life this year has to do with getting to know him better. Maybe you're going to study more. Maybe you're going to dig deep into God's word. I know some of you are doing those uh, reading plans through the Bible app or something else, and, and uh, you've been reading and studying, and you bring those questions on Wednesday nights to our Bible study, and, and uh, maybe it, there's something that God wants you to know uh, that he wants to teach you this year. But as this passage reminds us, ultimately, What's important is, are we loving the people around us? You know, we can do amazing things for God, but if we're not loving the people around us, that's, that's nothing. It reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, which I don't have on the screen for you, but um, where he talks about, like, look, we could do all these things, we could speak all these things, if, but if we don't have love, it's, it's nothing, it's empty, it's worthless, and it could be even worse than worthless if, as he says here, if your knowledge causes a brother or sister to, to fall, if it damages the people around you. If what you're doing for God, is the way you're doing it is damaging the people around you, that's not love. If what you're saying, you know, it might be right, but you're not saying it in a way that is loving or helpful to others, you're damaging people, that's not love. A verse I did grab, and I think is for you there on the screen, 1 John chapter 4 reminds us, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. He says, when we love the people around us, we are living like Jesus. Jesus. And this gives us confidence when we think like, okay, one day I'm going to be face to face with God. One day I'm going to have to give an account for the way I've lived. Oh, your life has looked like Jesus, has reflected his love to the people around you. 
You've allowed him to work in your life and to work through you. Great. You have confidence then as you think about you know, being judged because your life has demonstrated the love, the grace of our Lord Jesus. Uh, in verse 19, he says, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So maybe that's the more important question today. Uh, Instead of thinking about what what might God want to teach you or or say through you or do in your life, maybe the most important question is who, who does God want you to love? Is there somebody in your life that God wants to love through you? And maybe you will find yourself doing something that you never thought you would have been able to do before or saying something you never would have had the courage to say. Uh, And maybe you will, along the way, learn and get to know God better and learn some things about God that you had never known before, but all of it, hopefully, in the service of love. Now, again, if this all seems like way too much for you, you're like, oh, man, I don't know how on earth this is ever going to happen in my life. You know, I mean, uh, knowing who I am and and my limitations or or my background or whatever, yeah, through you, all right? God is able to do amazing things through ordinary people, through people with very checkered pasts. I mean, Paul, who I've been quoting a couple different times here today, I mean, he, uh, I think it was this last week in the daily prayer thing, we were looking at some of his story and how he used to persecute Christians. He was out, you know, getting people arrested so they could be killed for following Jesus. And God worked through him, did a miracle in his life, turned him around and used him in amazing ways to spread the good news about Jesus all over the Roman world. Whoever you are, whatever you have done, God wants to do amazing things in your life and through you. If you'll trust in him. Reminds me of this passage from Ephesians chapter 3. It says, glory to God, who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray before we go on to, to sing and celebrate communion and go. Thank you, God. Thank you for the love that you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. And thank you that by your Holy Spirit, you have been reaching out to to each and every one of us. God, there's not a person that we will see in our lives that you are not at work in their life, working to draw them to yourself. Because God, you have plans for us. You have a dream for each one of our lives of the kind of person we can become, the kind of life that we can live, a life that looks like Jesus. So God, I pray that you will renew our imaginations, that you will uh, enlighten the eyes of our hearts, that we, as we think about the, the year ahead of us, that we can begin to imagine you doing some amazing things in our lives. Perhaps this year we will be more generous than we've ever been with our resources, with our time. Perhaps... Uh, perhaps this year you are going to speak through us words of encouragement and challenge into people's lives that we've just been afraid to speak up. God, and you're going to help us to speak up for people who, who need someone to speak up for them. Or you're going to help us to encourage someone who has been needing, desperately needing someone to encourage them. Or you're going to speak through us into the life of a, of a friend or a family member who just needs that word of challenge. 
to, to make a change that they need to make in their lives. And God, you're going you're to speak through us. God, I continue to pray that you'll help us to, to know you better. That you'll help us to learn what we need to learn, to do what you've called us to do, all in the service of love. Because you have loved us. And you love the people around us. And as they are crying out in need, maybe not even knowing enough to cry out to you, God, but as they cry out in need, you hear their cries. And as you answer their prayers, you send us. You work through your kids. You work through the body of Christ here in the world today to answer those prayers, to do that work. Thank you, God. Thank you that we get to be involved. I I pray that you will help us to be able to see ourselves that way. That as we go through our day, going to school, going to work, doing whatever it is that we're doing uh, with our day, that we can see ourselves as people that you want to work through, that you want to speak through, that you want to love other people through. Thank you, God. Thank you that we get to be a part of the work you're doing in the world. You have um, accomplished the victory. You have, you have won us over by the love you showed in Jesus Christ. And so we are grateful today to be able to celebrate this sacrament of communion. As we offer to you these, these gifts of bread and juice, God, we pray that your spirit would be present with us right where we are, here in this room and, and everywhere that we are scattered. God, that you would be present with us and that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior at the table of our Lord Jesus. We offer you ourselves. And we pray that your grace, your transforming love would forgive our sins, which are many, that you would wash us, make us clean, that you would do your transforming work by your Holy Spirit, helping us to become the kinds of people that reflect your love and your grace to the people around us so that we might live in this world as the body of Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, If you would like to celebrate communion, um, I know that you're not in the room with us here to receive this bread or this juice. But if you have been able to gather elements yourself there of of bread, of juice, or something close, then um, God, by his Holy Spirit, is present with us. And we are going to celebrate together the sacrament of communion. So let's celebrate. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving your life for us uh, so that this power of God can be at work in our lives today. We remember that um, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take this, eat it. This is my body broken for you. When you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat.
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant given for you, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's take and drink. Thank you again, Lord Jesus, for meeting us here in the very real world that we live in, as real as the, the bread and the juice is your presence and your power available to us today. Transform us by your grace, by your love, by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that we might live in this world as sons and daughters of God, as the body of Christ, as your hands and your feet. Send us from this place to carry your grace with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a blessing in just a minute, and then there's one other video from uh, Team World Vision. If you'd like a little insight into what it's looked like uh, in years past, um, and some people talking about the difference that it's made for them, uh, you can stick around after this blessing and and catch this video. Um, Yeah, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Ubuntu is very important to us. It basically means I am because we are. We are all here united, moving our feet to make a difference in the world. We don't run for ourselves, but we run for more, right? I run for World Vision to raise money to help the Kids, they carry this 20-pounder, some water or miles, and I do this running for them. It's unspeakable to think that a thousand children are dying every single day. It's not just my kids. It's not just somebody else's kids. It's our kids. I've seen moms who would do anything for their kids. They would, in essence, give up their entire life walking for water for their kids that even makes them sick. And it's something that's solvable. Having clean water allows the kids to be with their family, to be in school. It really is like it's changing whole communities because water is the basis for health in every way of life. If you've never run before, World Vision has gotten thousands of people across the finish line. Just do it. Uh, If I can do it. Just do it, seriously. You can do it. You know, this whole thing started about four years ago. I quit smoking. I've had five knee surgeries. So this this is a total gift that God's given back to me. We need to do something with it. I mean, the idea of running a, even a half marathon at 60 years old was like, well, that's a crazy thing to do. When you get to that finish, you know, there's a group there, high fives and cowbells, and it's an awesome community. We are part of the community before we are the individual. It is within that community that you are able to find life 
you are able to find encouragement, joy. You are because we are.